0: If the the tea is boiling and the tea is uh, brewing, if I pour for you, I would pour a little bit for me. I'd pour back for you and back for me. So it kind of shows that you're, you're equal at the table. The year of the tiger,
1: lunar new year's celebrations are in full swing. And as part of those celebrations, I thought it was a great opportunity to check in with a young restaurateur, entrepreneur, a uh, really important member of Melbourne's Australian Chinese community. Welcome to the podcast, Yan Anju from Oriental Tea House.
0: Thank you, Danny. Uh, how are you feeling about the year of the tiger? good um, oh yes good I'm um, good I'm feeling good <laughs> I feel I feel like a lot of people
1: uh, in our world at the moment really need this idea of renewal <laughs> shrugging off the old and stepping bravely into the new yes definitely I think so yep. Um, So I guess, you know, I I understand that you are uh, currently in isolation because of a reason that we can probably all (laughs) speculate on. So perhaps you're not out there um, with the firecrackers and eating dumplings by the bucket full. But tell me what what, um, Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year means to you.
0: Um, So we we have like different traditions um, both in our restaurants for the customer side and also like family and um, with our team. So in restaurant side, we always do um, a lion dance every year where, um, so the lion, the acrobats, and they come in and they start at the front and they bring these amazing drummers and it's so loud, so chaotic. It's great. And I remember when I was young, my dad would say to me, look, the because I was scared, <laughs> he'd say, the louder the better. The louder it means it's drawing and scaring away the evil spirits, so you want it to be loud. And so with that, we always keep that tradition going. So it starts at the front of the restaurant, and the drums go off, and then the, the lion sort of dances through the restaurant, and it sort of touches different customers, different tables, and that's really cool because we put um, like a red pocket on the table for all um all our regulars and they put like a gold coin or two and the idea is you kind of wow the lion to your table so you would kind of wave it around and when the lion is there you want to keep it there as long as possible so you don't want to just give the red pocket to them you'd like the because the lion represents good prosperity good fortune good health so you want to keep it around as long as possible and for the kids we tell them like pat the lion on the head it's definitely good fortune to pat the lion straight and then the center of the front um, with the forehead and so it would go through and go into the kitchen and as a finale now this has always been a tradition and I think it's really funny. Uh, one year it did go wrong though, where in China um, the word lettuce it's it means fortune. It, it's like a play on word. So as a finale you would hang a lettuce and you'd strap the the real red pocket and this is their this is their form of like payment. So you strap money in there or, or a check or something. And when you strap it to the lettuce, you would because it's a finale, you would sort of hang it high, just high enough for two people to jump on each other's shoulders. Cause it's you've to 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 get the good fortune you do have to you do have to, I think, work for it. And so that was really high up and then um, one of the staff members would stand at the top and kind of tease the line a little bit so they'd have to try and grab it. And once you grab the 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 line grabs the lettuce, they'll pull it at they'll pull it down, they'll shred the lettuce and they'll throw it into the audience. And if you get hit with a piece of lettuce, it is good fortune. It signifies good good prosperity. Um, and so one year the 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 line grabs the lettuce and what they're meant to do is they're meant to take the red pocket and hold on to that because that's their payment and then throw the lettuce but he accidentally all together with the payment and everything just threw it out into the restaurant <laughs> and he goes oh no and I saw it I saw the red pocket go woo like straight out of the mouth and into the customer and he's like oh no oh my gosh And starts hunting so it's all I think it's very fun it's just like all these crazy stories you'd have and I think that's what Trendy's New is about.
1: Uh, I love it. It's yeah, I love the vibrancy and I I reckon it, I actually love the noise. I mean, so often when we think about ceremony and tradition, there's this sense of awe and hush, but I I love um yeah, I just love the cacophony that um that comes along with some of these Lunar New Year traditions.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the firecrackers at the end, like that's very it, it definitely catches a lot of attention on Chapel Street. A lot of people <laughs> usually we have radio rallies across the road always looking at us like what's happening over there. Yeah,
1: fantastic. And what about um, food traditions, Yan'an?
0: Mm. So in, of course, Chinese, New year, you have to have dumplings because dumplings, the shape of it, it looks like a gold, um, how do you say it? like a gold, uh, back in the day, they have gold. Like a money bag. Yes, correct. So you'd eat those. You have plenty of duck and chicken, prawns, lots of fruit and veg. So like every year our teams, they cook up a big feast um, for for our, for like the team together, probably a bit different this year. But they would get everyone together and have a big old feast. Um, yeah, so I think for food, definitely dumplings.
1: Yeah, perfect. And so, Yanan, so you, your, your family has Oriental Tea House, and also David's, the restaurant that's named after your father. So I know that you've pretty much grown up in the business. T- give us a little insight into that. What's it like being a kid in a restaurant family with a father who's who's building this empire?
0: Oh yeah. Um, so actually not many people know this David's restaurant before it was David's uh used to be a warehouse and this warehouse used to hold all the teapots and tea and teaware um for his tea shop uh which used to be on just like I think 10 minutes from where the where David's is um and when I was young I really young I didn't really understand um anything but this warehouse and this one cute teapot, I remember, was my whole world. It was a because te- these teapots are handmade, so they're one of a kind. And this, I remember this cute green teapot had a teapot inside this teapot. It was, it was insane. And I just wanted it. I didn't want to lose it. And I knew that like every time he brought certain types of tea, I just knew that if he brought it to the front, I won't see it again because I knew he would give it to customers or something like that. I just wouldn't. So I would always, he'd bring it to the front and I, he wouldn't know, I would take it. And then, and I had like a little area in the back I could play with. It was just like a little bed that my grandma would like make sure I'm sort of taken care of on. And I would hide it under the bed. And then, you know, over time, my grandma might find it, put it back out onto the, onto the table where like they, they would sort of um, organize the teapots. And he's like, I thought I brought this out yesterday. And he put it back. To the front, and then I would sort of come to the front and take it back. Like, this teapot? Oh, I, it, we still have it. He didn't end up, I, I got it. Like, it's you still, won yeah, in the end, I won. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so and then in terms of like floor, I started at a pretty young age, like when I was a teenager. Um, at the time in my head, I just wanted to get some work experience, I wanted to um, meet different people. Uh, I learned a lot, I learned, um, I learned how to, I guess, um, I was I was quite shy. I still am. Um, and so I learned, I think, how to have conversation and mentor. It sounds so basic, but just maintain eye contact and sort of that was definitely, as a teenager, good to experience um, that floor work. I remember one year when I, I, used, I started working in the Chapel Street store and then I got put to the little Collins Street store just for, for some reason. And I remember I got there, but then when I got there, I didn't know how to find my way back. I was kind of stuck in the city and I was like, how do I come home? I didn't know what trams to take. So that was, I think, yeah, it's it's all good because it all kind of builds you. And then, of course, like when I got into my 20s, um, I didn't go to, I didn't do uni. Um, I tried it and my dad said to me, I remember he said, he's like, look, why don't you give this a shot? Like, let this be your uni, let this be your um training. And I, and I tried it, and it, was, it was really great. But, yeah, I remember my 20s, that's when we, like, around the same time we'd opened Zuzu Bar. Uh, and lots of late nights there so I remember we'd finish at like 2 a.m and then I I just I felt bad because like if I had to get home I would ask my dad to come pick me up at two and as if that wasn't enough I'd then make him send home all the team members before me (laughs) so and he did it he's great so I would just say like it's um it's it's really cool like it's all and they are obviously different now but um yeah I just feel like if you're like at all stages of my life Tea House David's has always been there in like a different sort of form.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. Because I guess, you know, a lot of yeah, you know, I know that David came from Shanghai and um, you know, he was a worked as in Chinese medicine before he opened the restaurant. His, you know, had a had a real journey. And I think it was one of the yeah, really elevated tea as a as a phenomenon or something that, you know, people who perhaps didn't have that Chinese background and were, were didn't know as much about it as he did you know could really access it in a really different way certainly brought a lot to Melbourne's food culture but I think a lot of um immigrants at open restaurants they you know there's this idea that their kids will do something else that they will go to uni that they'll you know take on one of those traditional professions that parents are supposed to want for their kids I mean it's it's really interesting that he actually you know um, recruited you into the university of the restaurant
0: yeah and I I think it was great I I, I don't know I would people ask me if I regret like not going to uni or but I, I feel it's definitely in terms of life experience you're full of it like you have you get plenty of that in the restaurant and I think because you meet so many different people um as well like you you learn different things from just meeting I think um a vast amount of um, professions just from people coming into the restaurant every day
1: yeah absolutely um and every day's different, and you know yeah it's so many different skills that you yeah pick up along the way and I suppose also you know if you've got an interest, you're able to follow it when you've got you know a diverse business such as um such as the oriental tea house
0: group yes, yes, definitely. I think we're very lucky with that. Tell
1: us about the the role that you play in the business today
0: um, so when um uh I remember when Okay. So I remember when I was learning to host in Chapel Street and um, the manager at the time, uh, he said to me, he's like, oh, this family right there, please look after them. And I was quite young. So I was like, oh, how come? What's What makes them, I think, uh, particularly special? And he told me, this is back then, that was 15 years ago already. So we're talking like 20 years ago. Um, he said, the woman and the, and, the, and the man, they came in um, and I had mistaken them to come together when really they were coming with different partners. So they came in and he's like, oh, table for two. And it turned out to be completely um, wrong. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. And then he said, I remember the following week because it was such an awkward encounter. Um, when they came back, it was, um, it was them two again. And so he remembered, he's like, oh, table for two? And they kind of laughed it off. They're like, yes, well, you know, after you thought we were together, we kind of got talking. Um, And then we, yeah, this is our first date. And he was like, oh, wow, awesome. Well, come sit at this lovely corner table I have for you. And he's like, I remember over time, they kept coming back. And they kept coming back, and then for a period of time he didn't see them. And she comes back and she's got a ring in her finger and she's like, We are engaged. And it was it's beautiful. And then after a while, she he he you know, because time passed, he sees her come back and she's pushing a pram. And she had a beautiful baby girl, so sweet. And now, fast forward 15 years, this was where it got funny. This beautiful baby girl who we've watched grown up from such a young age, and because all our Um, teams and our managers there we're we're really we do stay long term because we love we love uh, just being in the company we love each other so it's very um this one manager because we knew the girl from when she was imagine watching someone from seven like eight years old 10 years old at around 14 15 I think she would have been she comes in with a boy and he's like oh this is not okay so he called the mother (laughs) (laughs) because we got her on on the VIP list he called her and was like do you know that your daughter is here with the girl (laughs) and I was like you can't do that um but it's so sweet because it's I think that's what really I'd like for us that's what we hope to do we want to. we hope that she would find her partner and she'd she'd because TS has been around for a while we hope we're around for much longer and we just want to make sure that, like, you know, we're a part of everyone's um, lives in some way. And then she starts bringing her friends in. She's wearing makeup, which is crazy. But I think that's what's really sweet is that, because um, in, in Shanghai, um, we don't really have pubs. or We never really had pubs, maybe different now. So a tea house is kind of like the place where you would um, for social interaction and meetings. It's, it's more so when you, and I remember my dad tried to explain it to me and he couldn't. So he actually took me to um, Shanghai and he took me to the tea house and it's, it's amazing. I remember he, he said, okay, so tea house of is not meant to be quiet. It is not meant to be um, sort of slow and, and almost timid. It is meant to be loud and energetic and almost chaotic. And I did really get what he meant. And so I remember in the tea house in Shanghai, when you open the doors, there you're just hit with like noise and smoke because you can smoke in there and smoke and there's just like so much energy. It's great. And that's where you have all these different people from different backgrounds. They're having meetings, going on dates. It's very much the place to interact. And so for Chapel Street in winter particularly, um, because I felt that we really wanted to replicate that same feeling and it does happen in winter. It's awesome. So like the doors obviously would be shut. At the front and so the idea is when a customer comes in when you push open those doors you're literally hit with the smell of dumb things you're hit with the warmth because we've got the heaters on you're hit with the music the vibe the energy and it's all sort of going on in there and that is kind of I think what we've always tried to create in Melbourne is just a place to interact a place to socialize and yeah somewhere where you'll have lots of different interactions with um, your loved ones um, your boyfriends your exes maybe <laughs> but, yeah that's totally that, that's Someone might call to. your mum. Yep, yup, yup. You just just make sure <laughs> you you check with your parents before bringing your dates to our venues. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Wow, you've just you've just really.
1: Uh, enveloped me in this whole world of the oriental tea house you know? it's just so so great I really get the feeling of what it's like for you you know to grow up in that and and just again this university of the, of you know of um of hospitality that your father's put you through um I mean imagine not being able to explain what it's like so it's like okay we're getting on a plane I'm going to show you <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much yes I'd love to talk to you about you know I feel like this is something I'm thinking a lot about at the moment is this whole idea of fusion and about the way that um I feel like a few years ago fusion was kind of a dirty word, but I feel like it's being reclaimed in a sense by a whole lot of people that are, I don't know whether it's a confidence or whether it's the fact that diners are up for it, um, whether it's the fact that, you know, it's so much, there's you know, the world is such a melting pot now. I don't know. Like, I mean, because obviously you can't recreate something from shanghai in melbourne you can bring elements of it but i mean how does how does that interplay work do you think between the city that you 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 plonk a business in and and build you know with a community around it and this sort of concept that you've borrowed from afar
0: Mm. i think um especially recently you're right a couple of years back it was I think um sort of meant something else, but now I feel like it is. It's getting more and more diverse. Like I know in our teams, it's so diverse, and it's great because when we sit down and have our team meals, like the conversation never stops because you learn lots of things about different cultures and backgrounds. Um, I reckon that definitely plays a part. For for I guess how it's done and how we can keep sort of pushing towards that way is um just uh, I don't know the word, but maybe um little bits of um uh. Bits of um. So a good example is when in China, when we have tea, um, you, the, the tradition goes, you usually drink tea with someone um, you're very intimate with or like you're, you love very much um, whether family um, again, like husband, wife. And so when you're drinking the tea, even if it's a business partner, you, the strength of the tea, it represents more than just, I'm having a cup of tea with you. It sort of means like I, if I'm, if the, the tea is boiling and the tea is uh, brewing, if I pour for you, I would pour a little bit for me. I'd pour back for you and back for me. So it kind of shows that you're, you're equal at the table or it, it, it sort of just senses that it like, doesn't matter what background we're from, doesn't matter what experiences we've had at the moment at this point in time where we're drinking this pot of tea, the equal strength of tea represents the, equal, like, the equality between you and that person you're having the tea with. And I think it's a very unspoken um, understanding of it. And I think it, we try and bring sort of bits of that, and of course we explain that to our team members, and the team members would then pass it on to the customers. But I think that's how it's sort of the best way of fusion is to sort of through through that. I think instead of just uh, literally marrying a hamburger with a dumpling like that, that doesn't work. But I feel like it's more those uh, little uh, bits of culture that um, might mean a lot in one in one um, area. You can sort of bring in, and then you can have the same experience um, all here in Melbourne over the same. things. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah.
1: That's so interesting. I love that idea. Of, you know how meaningful the, that pot of tea is, and maybe there is something in that. It's like you're not just, I, I suppose, imposing an idea on someone. You're really bringing them into to a story and and to you know something that has a really rich cultural background. Yeah, so interesting. Um. So, uh, what I'd love also just to talk about, you know restaurant culture in Melbourne generally like I mean where do you it's obviously you know we're in a big rebuilding phase hopefully um how do you think things are feeling out there what are are you hearing from people
0: um I I definitely feel this year's um a bit more uh challenging just because I remember like the first the first year of lockdown when that happened there was very much unknown like the there were things that um, all industries had to do, like especially hospitality, like being forced to close. It was so unknown that there was also a bit of like uh, kind of like a go, go, go mentality because you, you come from working um, seven days, oh, not seven days, sorry, five days a week. Like you're constantly going and then suddenly everything goes to a stop. So you still have that energy in you that you want to do something about it. And I feel like the first year was very much like that. And then the year that just passed, the second year of it, we 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 actually sat down with our team and calculated how many weeks of lockdown we had. We had 17 weeks last year in total, if you put them all together, uh, which is crazy. But that was also, like, I feel whatever foundations that was made in the first year, for so, so many people wanting to um, try takeaway, try cook at home, they were able to test out those um, kind of those those offerings in last year. And that kind of kept going and then you sort of spun right into reopening, which is very exciting for so many people because we were able to open the doors and really push it. And then this year, I think it's it, – I'm still – Sort of in the middle of it, but I think it's actually more harder because a lot of, we're actually juggling health with work this time. Like yeah. a lot of people are getting sick, and the like myself. But then it's not just myself; it's health on one part, but also the health of my team for the amazing team members I've had to stand up while I've had to sort of recover at home. So I think health in all areas, and not just those who are going to like who got COVID or who gets it. So I feel like it's actually quite hard at the moment. And that's kind of what I feel is there is a little bit of, but it's it really it's great. Like the team, they still push, they pivot, and they're very agile, making sure that we we stay ahead. Um, but it definitely you can feel it with um, the when you put health into the mix, it's that that's number one. You just want to you want to make sure everyone's healthy.
1: Yeah, it's really true because I guess although we've had all this disruption and lockdowns and, you know, the enormous financial and emotional and mental health implications of that, it's like still, you know, until, you know, this Omicron wave, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have even known anyone that had COVID. And, of course, that has completely changed now. And luckily most people aren't getting that unwell, but some people are. And, yeah, it's, um, yeah, so there is that health aspect as well as, of course, the business disruption. I mean, you know, you mentioned you're shy, but you've obviously, you know, you're uh, uh, ex- extraordinarily capable and, you know, um, you have this ability to, to speak to customers and speak to people. But how how have you managed to be a leader through this, Yana? Uh
0: Oh, <laughs> um, I think maybe uh, we... Our our team, I think, we give them, um, and we make it together. We even through so we before lockdown, we'd always have um, a regular meeting where all the all the managers get together once a week, um, and we just discuss what happened the week before, what our plans are for the week ahead. When lockdown went in, um, we 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 feel that what's the word routine? It's hard not to lose that routine and to keep sort of um, I think those key key um, pointers ongoing. Because there was one thing that my dad said to me is like, if you go and sort of, I think what they were saying, some if let's, if you not take a nap, but if you go into hibernation or something like that, be be weary that you may not wake up. And I felt that, he said that to me at the very beginning.
1: Wow, that's really intense.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, and I was like, okay, we will not go into hibernation. We will do whatever we can to, to keep pushing and to push forward. And I feel like that. That really got us through it because it is like you you get into a habit of doing one thing one way and then it's you've got to break that habit and do something a new way. So I think for us we definitely kept together as a team all the time. we communication was vital. I was always on my phone making sure that like if say when jobkeeper kicked in and people weren't really understanding how to do it, we called every single one of our seventy staff members just one by one, just to make sure they really knew what was going on. And they felt safe. They felt that, okay, like, you know, I know what's happening. So that happened so many times throughout the years. So we're a lot closer, I think, as a company now. Um, But I feel that sort of planning and – but doing it together as a team is really important. And also looking back. Mm. Looking back? Yeah. Yeah, just looking back at what works, what doesn't. I think um, I I am big on – uh, I got this from my mom. She tells me numbers never lie, Yanan. And I was like, yes, I used to try. And when I was young, I'd try and I was very good at sort of being like, look here, look how good I did even if I didn't achieve any sales targets. So she always said to me, numbers don't lie, And I was like, oh, sorry, mom.
1: <laughs> Keeps you accountable.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. But that she, she's right. We 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 would look back at our figures. We'd sort of I think the most recent is this um, this January and this February. We need to look back to see how... um how the company's performing, just it's a new environment again. We, we keep getting thrown into different environments that have different um, kind of uh, characteristics. You can say like it's always a certain type of character in that particular like environment. So you have to change the model. And then once the model changes, you find a bit of um, sort of uh, consistency in it. And then once that changes again, you've got to do it again. So I feel especially this time back with health, um, we have to look at the model again and um, adapt quickly.
1: Wow. Amazing. Uh, so when you come out of isolation, do you are you going to like rub your eyes and creep out like a sleepy bear or are you going to spring out like a
0: tiger? I, <laughs> um, I think the first thing I'm going to do is I thought about it because I was like, oh, what am I going to do as soon as I get out? I just want to go to the park and I just want to because I've I've actually lost I can't smell much. I just want to inhale and just smell It sounds so weird. I've got very bad hay fever. So anyone who knows me is going to think I've like gone insane, but I just want to smell something fresh other than my, like my home. So yeah, it's, but of course, in terms of work, I'm going to need to catch up with everyone. We're just going to sort of check in one at a time and what's happened in the last week or week and a half.
1: Wow. Uh, Amazing. It's so great to talk to you. And is there anything else that you'd like
0: to say? Uh, no, thank you. That's no. Thanks for chatting with me. It was um, it was really nice to have a chat with you.
1: Yeah. Well, congratulations on everything that you've achieved as a as a family and as an individual. And um, yeah, I just uh, look forward to eating more of your family's great dumplings, um, and yeah, all the other beautiful food as well. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, happy new year.
0: Happy new year. Thank you, Daddy. My dad always says that um, you you make so much contribution to hospitality truly he he says that all the time and like just I I I follow you on Instagram so I really believe it like you always I think um say exactly what's I think happening at that time being and what needs to be I think said that yeah so no thank you
1: well there'd be there'd be nothing to talk about if not for people like you so um (laughs) thanks for the kind words no
0: of course thanks
1: take care
0: this.